Hey guys, it's Keon, and today I'm going to be talking about Sean O'Malley, who was coming off a no contest against Pedro Munoz. And basically what happened was, after a couple of eye pokes, Pedro said he was unable to see. And once a fighter says that, the fight has to be called off. So in the end, it was ruled as no contest. And many people have been saying Pedro wanted a way out. Even Sean himself has been running with that narrative. And a lot of people have been listening to that. And personally, I just don't think Pedro was lying because one he is a very tough fighter and I just don't see him doing anything like that and two you can argue that he was winning the fight round one although not much action was happening you could say that he was the busier fighter because of his leg kicks but an argument can be made that Sean was beginning to warm up and was slowly taking over that fight but sadly that didn't happen and overall this was such a bad weekend for Sean O'Malley and it all started at the pre-fight press conference where all the fighters on the main card were together, which meant this was a recipe for a lot of trash talk. And we definitely did get that, but not from Sean. In fact, out of everyone on that stage for the pre-fight press conference, I would say Sean spoke the least. And I'm not saying he had to speak, but it definitely was a platform for him to hype up the fight and get people even more interested than they already were. Because it's clear that Sean is someone the UFC really is trying to build up as they are continuously pushing him and I think the biggest way they're doing that is by putting him on the openers of pay-per-view cards there's a reason for that and even Sean knows it so the UFC is really doing their best to grow Sean O'Malley into a star and this fight with Pedro Munoz definitely was the next step for that as it was Sean's first test against someone in the top 10 so had he won I think it would have been a huge turning point in his career because although he is ranked number 13, Sean was only fighting unranked fighters before Pedro Munoz. And that garnered a lot of criticism because people were like, why is this guy getting so much attention without actually fighting real competition? That's where a lot of Sean's original hate garnered from. But I think it's smart that he's taking these fights against unranked guys because in the end of the day, Sean is not making the appropriate amount of money to be fighting the ranked guys. So why not? take these fights against quote-unquote cans and build your record while simultaneously growing your popularity. It was definitely a smart move on Sean's part and because of it he's in the position that he's at today. But man there's a part of me that feels bad for Sean because whenever it feels like he's on the cusp of doing something big his career gets put on hold. At first it was back in 2018 when he got suspended by the Nevada State Athletic Commission after testing positive for Austrian. And the same thing happened again in 2019. And this all happened because of a contaminated supplement, according to Sean. So because of all this, he was away from fighting for two years, which is huge because that time could have done so much for Sean. Regardless, after two years, he came back and picked up wins against Jose Alberto Quinones and Eddie Wineland. And these were very impressive wins by Sean. So despite the long layoff, people were still excited about him. But then he fights Marlon Vera at UFC 252 and loses that fight in the first round by elbows and punches. And this definitely put a halt on Sean's momentum. His haters were excited that he lost a fight. And because of it, Marlon Vera's stock grew so high. Honestly, I feel like the trajectory that many people had for Sean is what Marlon is currently on, which has to suck for Sean to see because now he was back to where he started.
Ireland. And what even garnered him more hate was how he wrote this defeat off, saying that Marlon got lucky. He connected with a kick to Sean's leg that injured it. And because of this, Sean went down. So even till this day, Sean doesn't consider that defeat to Marlon as a defeat, which, like I said, has many people hating him even more. But in my opinion, I thought it was a good move. He's even counting this fight against Pedro as a win. Whatever narrative makes him look good, he goes for it, no matter how ridiculous it may be to some. Because Sean understands the concept of there's no bad publicity. So even when there are narratives that paint him in a bad light and make him look like the bad guy, Sean immerses himself into that and plays it up because he knows it's going to get him attention, even though it's not good attention. And hey, it worked because after that defeat to Marlon, people were still interested in seeing Sean fight. And he got himself back on track by racking up three finishes against Thomas Almeida, Chris Moutinho, and Holly and Paiva. Once again, not the biggest names, but still good fights for Sean to showcase his skills. Because honestly, in the end of the day, regardless of the level of competition, if Sean is winning, that's all that really matters because that's good enough for him to maintain his business online. And that's the thing, all his business ventures outside of MMA only work if he's winning because that's when people care the most about a fighter. So for him to go 15 and 1, things were looking really good. And that was only going to catapult an even higher echelon had he defeated Pedro Munoz. But back to why this was such a bad weekend for Sean, because even before that no contest, it wasn't the most exciting fight. There was even some mixed reception about booking an immediate rematch between the two because some were saying, what's the point? It wasn't really a fun fight, so why try to make it again? I guess the storyline alone could make it work and possibly even have that fight headline a UFC fight night. But I do agree with the people who say they're not interested in that rematch. So that leaves Sean in a very interesting spot because he's an up-and-coming prospect whose momentum hasn't been fully halted but isn't at the same level as it was before UFC 276. But at the same time, Sean still has a lot of name value. So even though it feels like he's in no man's land at the moment, Sean still has so many options in front of him. And like I said, you could run back the fight with Pedro Munoz, but I'd prefer that we move on from this entire thing. So who are some other good names? And I'm looking right now and the only one outside of the top five who doesn't have a fight booked is Rob Font. Rob is on a two fight losing streak and missed weight in his last fight, but he is still a legit 135 pounder. And stylistically, that would be such a fun matchup for Sean. Both guys are going to be standing toe to toe trading and Rob is someone who likes to bring the action to his opponent, which works perfectly for Sean because he likes to connect with those counters. He likes to stay patient from the outside. So honestly, aside from Pedro Munoz, Rob Font would also make sense. But I also do understand why the UFC wouldn't give Sean that fight because they're basically giving him someone ranked higher, even though Sean is coming off of a no contest. But another interesting matchup that seemingly came out of nowhere is one between Sean and former bantamweight and flyweight champion Henry Cejudo, who of course is retired now, but after announcing in May of 2022 that he has re-entered the USADA testing pool, it's clear that Henry wants to come back. And in an interview with BT Sport, after his fight against Pedro Munoz, Sean was interrupted by Henry who called him out, saying that he needs a tune-up fight and he wouldn't mind if that was against Sean. Sean wants it in September, Henry wants it in October, so the timeline is pretty close. And honestly, I find this to be an intriguing matchup. Because it's new school versus the old school, but the old school is not too old to a point where you're going to fully write them off. Because Henry is a former double champion who never lost any of his belts. 
months. Plus, he's only been retired for two years, which means I could definitely see him coming back and returning to peak form like where he was at before. But at the same time, maybe he won't be able to. What if the competition has passed him by this point? So there's a lot of questions surrounding Henry's comeback. And what better way to get the answers to those questions than by fighting a rising prospect like Sean O'Malley? Because on paper, I would say that Henry is the more skilled fighter, but because of his layoff, who knows where he's at now? And out of all the potential fights that I mentioned for Sean, I would say this one against Henry Cejudo would be his biggest one. So if all the stars align, hopefully that would be the next fight for Sean. Regardless, it feels like he is back in the same position that he was at after his drug suspension and after his defeat to Marlon Vera. His momentum is not high, it's not low, it's just right in the middle. Which isn't bad, but it's also not good. But if anyone was to rebuild the hype surrounding them, it would be Sean O'Malley. But what do you think? Who should Sean O'Malley fight next? And how far do you see him going? But that's a lot for now, so I'll see him in the next one.